0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, your Golden State Warriors escaped with a win against the Memphis Grizzlies at Chase Center, 122-120 on a last-second layup, an out-of-bounds play, uh, layup by Jordan Poole. Zarya Williams was... <laughs> shading him on the wrong side. He wasn't between Poole and the basket. So Poole just cut and got a relatively easy layup. And if you've watched the Warriors, I mean, I don't know the name of that play, but if you've watched the Warriors for this whole Kerr era, you've seen that out-of-bounds play a bajillion times, right? You've seen guys like just, you know, they let the action happen, and defenders kind of go every which way. And then there's that one guy who cuts to the basket and it worked. (laughs) It worked. It was a tie game. And so, you know, if it didn't work, then they would have gone to OT. But hey, I will take this one. You know, it's always good to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, especially in this one, because, man, You know, this was just a weird game. It was a weird game, weird vibes, weird energy from the start. To me, it just felt like there was kind of a a lethargy. Uh, They were kind of emotionally up for playing against the Grizzlies, but they weren't focused, you know? Like Steph, he threw two terrible uh, behind-the-back passes in the first quarter that were turnovers. The Warriors looked like they were physically stuck in the mud I I have no idea and you know I've talked about how of course as a fan it's frustrating to like see this team win a few then lose a few then get some wins on the road then lose a bunch at home and it's basically like you know if you look back at that five game winning streak they had on that long home stand when Steph and Wiggins were both out When the Warriors won five in a row, then they lost three in a row. And then they won one, lost one, won one, lost one, (laughs) won one, lost one. And they won this one. So it's been this really just odd back and forth, right? It's basically like kind of like this, this purgatory. And I know it's frustrating for me. And I'm sure if you're a Warriors fan, it's frustrating for you as well, because you either want to know like, hey, these guys are good and they got it figured out. Or you want to know if like, oh, they're they're bad and something needs to be done. So they're not really giving themselves or us or anyone watching them a clear idea of who they are, what their identity is. And I've talked about how they need to Ideally, figure that out by the All-Star break and then build on some momentum, hopefully, from the All-Star break to the end of the season. And I bring that up because as tiresome, I guess, as it is for fans, you know it's got to be dragging on on the players themselves, right? Especially the vets. I mean, if you think about it, we all went into the season assuming that the young guys would be able to pick up the slack and play more legit minutes and that the vets would be able to have more rest. But with the young guys not being fully ready, with injuries popping up, with the Warriors record being what it is, you can't really afford to rest the vets as much because they're scratching and clawing for every, every win at this point, right? Now they're back at 500 again, right? We're almost at the end of January and they are still at 500, which is is wild to me. So maybe that's part of it, like a mental fatigue. There's been a lot to think about going on this season and everything. And the Warriors, they just, they looked flat physically. But again, for Memphis, they get like emotionally up. There's all the yipping, yapping, clay talking, all this jazz, people pushing, etc. So it was just a weird vibe. It's like they were uh angry <laughs> and mentally like wanting to come after the Grizzlies, but they were so like just out of it. And I really was like, okay, if they lose this one, because the Grizzlies, they'd lost what, three in a row on the road. So uh they were licking their wounds from some bad losses so far uh, in recent days. So this was a match of two teams that were trying to kind of get right. And far be it for me to say that the Warriors got right in this one. You know what I mean? Like they had a lead, they lost it. It's a, it's a game of runs. Then Memphis had a 10-point lead and the Warriors fought back. And then weirdly, after they uh, get within reach, Steph gets ejected for throwing his mouthpiece, which if you all remember from the 2016 finals, he got ejected for doing that in game six, I believe, in Cleveland. And it was like a big deal. And in this one, like a shot went up, rebound came out, Pool got the ball, Steph you know, Pool was at the top of the three-point line. Steph was standing behind him, uh, clapping for the ball, right? And then Poole chucked it and bricked it. Steph was uh bothered by it. He was mad about it. Uh and he threw his mouthpiece. And as far as I know, regardless of why he did it, I think that's that's a definite no-no, right? Like you can't throw a ball into the stands. So I'm pretty sure he can't throw a mouthpiece in the direction of the stands, even if he threw it like low at the ground or something like that. You know what I mean? So he got ejected and yeah, you know, I was like, okay. <laughs> well, the Warriors, they're very familiar with playing without Steph. So let's see how they close it out, right? I was like, man, Jordan Poole, (laughs) some of his end of game decisions, right? have been very questionable lately and, you know, Poole, he has confidence in himself, but I obviously would have preferred he uh, passed it to Steph at that point in time, just like all those other times when uh, they were at home and then Poole dribbled the ball away, like against Atlanta and then against, Detroit and whatever, you know, and Clay was open. So in this one, Clay had another chance and Poole actually passed him the ball, right? So Poole did not try to shake and bake, take somebody off the dribble. He saw Clay coming off a screen and actually threw a really bad pass. He kind of like clutched it and it slipped out of his hands. But Clay curled, got it in his shooting pocket, went up and and hit it. You know, they put the Warriors up too John Moran, hit a couple of free throws, tied it up. And um, Jordan Poole got some redemption at the end with that layup. Right. So he got some redemption because he made the right decision, gave the ball up to clay and clay hit it. And they kept trying to feed clay. They hit clay off of the previous out of bounds play, the second to last one, and he missed it. So it's good. I'm glad they were hunting for him to get him the shot. Like if they're going to go down, it's going to be with clay shooting. So uh, I guess that's a positive and I hope they can build off of this. There's like, I talk about how these are the dog days of the season, right? And usually it's kind of like meh for everybody, especially this Warriors team. And they can't afford to be meh <laughs> right now because of their 500 record and because they haven't figured it out, you know? I think they do know, and I, I know to me that they're top eight. We know who they are, but like right now, they haven't figured out how to put it all together yet. And again, that's what I'm open for as the all-star break approaches. Broken record. That's all I want. And right now at 500, it's a notch in the win column, but this game did not make me feel very good. Like the lack of energy. The lack of execution. The only person that was getting this team energized, that was bringing any kind of energy, just from like within his own play, was Jonathan Kaminga, who was very very solid and was active on both ends. Guarding Jaw had a couple massive dunks and was just overall overall the one guy who was like getting the Warriors pumped up. Like that dunk got people going. And second dunk got people going and just his overall activity, you know, he was the one that brought it and he was the only one giving them life. And, you know, what I like to see from him is that he's super competitive. I mean, that's what is going to make him great in the long run. I've talked about this, you know, I have, and he went down on one uh, end and he got a massive dunk. And then on the other end, the Grizzlies hit uh, an open shot. It wasn't his fault, but you could see. He was upset. He was mad. And then he was on the bench for the final play, the Jordan Poole game-winning layup. And he was the happiest guy off the bench. He was so fired up. And I think he was really, he's really, really taken on this like vibe of the team. You know what I mean? Not that he generates the vibe, but like he feels the competitiveness, the rivalry or whatever, the animosity uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's something that pleases me because he's confident to borderline cocky and he's competitive. And those are the things mixed in with his work ethic, his physical abilities, and his growing comfort and understanding of the game. Those are the things that are going to make him uh, great sooner rather than later. And like I said, I've thought he was going to be the Warriors' best player eventually in a few years. And who knows, man, sometimes when you watch him out there, he might be their second best player by next season. You know, I mean, he may not have Draymond's acumen and Draymond's savvy, but because of his youth and his athleticism and all that jazz, he might make that leap at least to their top four players next season. So also depending on who's here still. Four teams, two NFL conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 to get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped up same game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I'm still riding with Brock Purdy, and I still can't believe he's taken it this far, but I'm 100% here for it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 and free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This was a game that like, I'm happy that they won, obviously, but just looking at bigger picture, you didn't like... The body language. And if it's a question of just needing to do something to shake all of this up, uh, I'm not sure what Kerr can do, right? Do some guys need some rest? Well, you know what? Guys need to play because they need to win games because the Warriors haven't taken care of business all season. So you got to play. You know what I mean? They play Friday at home against the Raptors, which is a gettable game. But also, you know, like they've lost a ton of gettable games this year and going back to losing to Phoenix, beating San Antonio, losing to Chicago, beating Washington, losing to the Celtics, beating the Cavs, losing to the Nets, and then beating the Grizzlies in this one. So it's just back and forth and they need to start figuring out how to string some things together. Winning cures all. Going back and forth between winning and losing is just dizzying so if they can get toronto they go to okc they go to minnesota they get a tough one at denver and then they come home to dallas and uh, okc and then go to portland get the lakers home get the wizards at home and then they go and play the clippers in la and then it's the all-star break you know so there's 10 games between now and the all-star break i would love if they could go 7 and 3 in that stretch that would be the kind of momentum i'm looking for you know what i mean uh especially if they go into the break on a winning streak of some kind right like spread out a couple of losses a few losses here and there but then just take the majority of them that's what they need you don't want them going to the all-star break feeling like just dragged down by their record by the uncertainty of their play, the uncertainty of who's on their roster and all that jazz. James Wiseman was activated for this game, but it was clear early on. Uh, Steve Kerr talked before the game about how he probably wasn't going to see any minutes and how Jamichael Green is back and he was playing well and he's going to get some time. But <laughs> J. Michael Green came in, straight up missed a lob dunk. And then on the next possession, the other way, uh let someone go back door and get a layup on a lob right behind him and had another couple of bad possessions, but you know, maybe it's Rust, you know, but like I said, he's the one that I'm not so certain about. And this is exactly what I didn't want when Jermichael Green went down. I had hoped that when Wiseman came back from the G League that he would take that time with uh Jermichael Green out and solidify his spot ahead of him in the rotation. You know, like I've always said, like, you know, eight to 10 to 12 minutes of solid play. That's what I want to see from Wiseman. And it looked like he was doing it right. He'd had a couple solid games and then he got hurt. I was like, oh, you know, he was building his way up to like, you know, really, really securing that spot, in my opinion, he could have like in the last couple of weeks if he'd played, and given the Warriors that dynamic lob threat, a better rebounder, etc. But because he got hurt, I mean, Jamal Green came back. Kerr's gonna roll with the vets, etc., etc., etc. So that's a shame. And then you know, watching this game, you just see uh, the guy sitting on the bench for the Warriors. It's like Ryan Rollins, PBJ. Uh, James Wiseman, (laughs) Moses Moody, a bunch of guys who are not going to see the floor. So it is what it is right now. I mean, Kerr's got to figure out how to get this team focused and how to get them like bought in. You know, like it's not a question of losing the team at all, but like getting them through this really strange part of the season. And it's kind of something that Kerr, with all the talent he's had over the years, that he hasn't really had to do too much. Not when the record is so poor. Yes, the play-in season, that was something that he had to uh, learn to coach through. But this is different because that year, like, everybody was hurt, right? And now everyone's healthy. So, you know, you're, you're paddling in purgatory And you got to figure out a way to get through all this. I mean, it's a win. And I don't mean to be so negative after a win. And I don't think it's negative. I think it's just kind of practical and pragmatic and looking at, you know, what this team showed in this one. It's like they showed lethargy, they showed uh, aggression, emotional (laughs) aggression, uh, and they showed the ability to fight back. That's a big deal, you know, because the two most recent losses against the Celtics and the Nets, those were games where they couldn't close it out. And this was a game where the Grizzlies couldn't close it out and the Warriors came after them and and won it. Yes, they can build on this, but, you know, and they have an opportunity, right? Like these next several games before the All-Star break, they have a chance to start building the foundational blocks for the rest of the season. Strange to say, so far into the season already, but it's still a legit possibility. You know, you can just throw out the rest of the season so far if you start finding out who you are, you start finding out and executing the way you know how. And it might be one of those things that. You know, hey, if they go five and five, hey, as long as their last couple of games are wins going into the uh, all star break, then, you know, that might be the break that some of these guys need, whether it's Looney, whether it's Draymond, whether it's Steph, you know, I mean, Steph, it's funny, like a week ago, he was at the White House. And then like a day ago, he was at Sundance with his documentary, (laughs) you know what I mean? Underrated. We'll see. We'll see. Like, I'm an optimist about this team, but what I saw early today, uh, it's like they're not there yet, obviously. There was also chatter. You know, there was an athletic article talking about Bob Myers and, you know, like if he's really, really on, you know, the way out to some extent, how it's a money issue and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't know if that kind of had a cloud over the team. I I doubt it would, but to me, like, man, that's a whole nother topic that I'll get into later because uh, I think if the Warriors move on from Bob Myers, that is a bad, bad idea. If they pass it on to Dunleavy or any of Joe Lacob's kids, like there's no reason to do that right now. You're just like, there's so much up in the air you're really just like pulling the rug out even more. So if you do something like getting rid of Bob Myers and um, you know, anyway, that's, that's a whole nother topic, which I'm going to probably tackle uh, at a later date because this game is uh, the primary thing right now. And uh, it sure as heck trained me. I don't know. It probably drained you. You Yeah. The highs, the lows, some more lows and then a final high. right? We all talk about how in the standings, the Warriors are very close, to like just a couple games away from the fourth or fifth spot, right? But again, they're even fewer games away from dropping out of even the play-in. I don't think they're going to end up in that spot, but you know, you want to see a better effort and just more consistency, as I've been saying for for a minute. I mean, they're consistently winning and losing and winning and losing and winning and losing, but that's not exactly the consistency I want. Anyway, that's all I got for now. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick e. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball podcast network and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on apple podcasts that would be hugely hugely appreciated and it would be very very helpful thanks that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul Mardo for production support see you next time